Thank you for joining us today. As always, we pray that our messages help strengthen and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Today, we will be talking about the mighty and powerful grace of God. In fact, the title of today's message is The Love of Grace. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. We pray that As we go through these scriptures today, we pray that you would just reveal truths to us and and we would just come away from today with a deeper understanding of your grace, a deeper understanding of your love. And we thank you so much. And we pray all of these things in Jesus name we pray. Amen. The topic of grace is one that can't be covered in one single message today. But with that being said, I I want to start by talking about grace and talking about how we receive grace. The Bible is very clear that grace is received by faith and by faith alone. It is the one thing that separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. It is not a fact of what you do. Christianity is what Christ has done for us. And let me explain that a little bit more. All other religions in the world have a certain standard or certain step of where people have to work a certain way. They have to, they feel like they have to do certain things. There are certain mandates for someone to have eternal life, to go to heaven, or in some religions, just a pursuit of a a better life in the next life. The difference with Christianity is not what you did. It is not all of the things that we can try to pursue in this world and all the things that we can try to do. Christianity, where it is set aside and separate, is the fact of what God did for us, of the sacrifice that Jesus made for each one of us and for us to understand Christianity. You see, here's the thing. The difference with Christianity and the difference with other religions is, and the understanding is that we have all done bad. It doesn't matter how much good we do. We are already guilty of the things that we have done that are bad. We have lied. We have spoken ill about someone. We have had lust in our hearts for certain things. So it doesn't matter beyond that how many more good things that we go and we do. We are already separated from God, separated from a a holy God by the things that we have done that are wrong. God knew this. God knew this in the very beginning. He understood that reconciliation with man would only come by the efforts of what God could do for man. So I have three main points that I want to go over today. And number one is this. Number one is, so where does God's grace come from? And the answer is very simple. It comes from love. The most popular verse probably in the entire Bible is John 3.16. And it says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. You know, many of us say, well, that's great that God would would die for us. And it is great that God would die for us. And I think many of us, if forced with the opportunity or forced with the challenge to die for someone that we loved, many of us might might take that if we had to die for one of our children or our spouse or maybe even our parents that we would step up and say, yes, I I will make that sacrifice. But the difference between that sacrifice and the sacrifice that Christ did is that Christ died for those that rebelled against him. 
people whose heart was not right with God. So basically, it would be for one of us making the sacrifice or making the decision to die for someone that we weren't too fond of or someone that might hate us in the world. So the question would be, would we die for that person? And that would be a challenge probably for most of us, but not a challenge for God. And that is where Jesus made the decision to die for everyone that chose him, that chose to repent and follow Christ. You see, the angels sinned, and Christ sent them no Savior. God sent the angels that fell with the devil. The Bible tells us that one-third of heaven fell with the devil, and God sent them no Savior. And if God had chosen not to send man a Savior, he would still be 100% holy, 100% just. Many people say, well, what is the difference between angels, and what is the difference between men having a Savior? And well, there's great speculation. The Bible doesn't really give us, doesn't give us any insight into that. But we do know that Christ has made this sacrifice for each one of us that would repent and believe. I think the biggest thing that we need to take away from grace is this, is that grace is 100% a gift. As I mentioned before, all other religions are about what we can do. Christianity is a gift from God. It is a free gift that each person can receive. The Bible tells us that God's love for us surpasses all understanding. If His love surpasses all understanding, that means that we cannot even understand God's love. It's almost like for anyone that has had a child before. As you hold that child and you love that child, there's a feeling that is that is beyond words. There is a feeling that does not match anything that can be said. There's, not, there's a feeling that, cannot, that someone cannot even explain with words. The child may know that they're loved, but from the child's perspective, they can't really understand the parent's love. And that's exactly where we stand. We, we can acknowledge and understand that God loves us, but His Word tells us, that His love surpasses all understanding. That we have a Heavenly Father that loves us, and His love surpasses all understanding. I think the other thing with looking at grace that is very important for us to acknowledge before we look at some key scriptures here today is this, is that God is pursuing us. Many times we think, oh, I have to go get right with God. I have to go see God. And yes, that is right. We have to go see God. We must understand that God is pursuing us individually. God is crazy about each one of us. God is not the God that is looking to, to smite you, to strike you down. God is the God that is all loving. 1 John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. It is a matter of what Christ did, Christ's sacrifice for us paid the penalty of our sins so that we could be made right with God. Ephesians 2, 8-10 through 10 says this, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that you have done so that none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things He planned for us long time ago. 
You know, going back to grade school, many of us remember the difference between a noun and a verb. And when we look at the definition of grace, and we look at it from a verb standpoint, a verb is an action word. And the word grace is an, is an action. It is, a, it is a noun and a verse. I mean, a noun and a verb. But when we look at the verb, it is this. It says, to honor or to credit to someone or something by one's presence. Presence has to be there for there to be grace. The Webster's Dictionary defines grace as this. Unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration and sanctification. A virtue coming from God, a state of sanctification enjoyed through divine assistance. It is that assistance that God gave us through Jesus Christ that justifies us, that makes us right with God. The second aspect that I want you to take away from today is this, is that His grace comes through Jesus Christ. God's grace is not because you're a human and you're here on earth and therefore you get a pass. We must put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ in order to receive the grace of God because Jesus broke the law of sin and death. And therefore each person, each and every person that puts their faith and trust in Him is made right with God. Romans 5, 12 through 21 says this, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned, even before there was a law given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet a law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even those who did not obey an explicit command from God as Adam did. Not Adam is a symbol. He is a a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For For the sin of this one, man, Adam, brought death to many. For even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of forgiveness to many through this another man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's grace, gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift led to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who all receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's sin bringing condemnation to everyone, but Christ in his one act of righteousness bringing a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many became righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more and more abundant. So just as sin ruled over people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life with Jesus Christ. It is not about what we do. It is about what Christ did for each one of us. John 1.16 says this, 
for his abundance, we all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. You see, the law exposed our sins. But because no one could keep the law, Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. In other words, he fulfilled all the requirements of the law and did not break one aspect of the law of Moses. But grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. He brought the true essence of the Father to the world. He was the very image of the Father. He spoke the truth and exposed lies. He is the embodiment of truth. I want to look at verse 16 there again. It says, For His abundance we have received one glorious blessing after another. This means that Jesus' grace has come to you. He is giving us grace upon grace. This means that He has saved us by grace and He gives us grace to walk in our life as a Christian day after day. He has enough grace, an abundance of grace to save you from the mess we are all in. And to top that all off, He gives us grace and victory in life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is why Paul says this in Romans 5.17, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through one man, Jesus Christ. This avalanche of sin that came from Adam and Eve created the sin and the death that would roll down through generation after generation, all the way to each one of us. And this is why it took Jesus Christ coming. It took God sending His Son to die as a sacrifice for all of us. For all of us that would not choose Him at first. It was done ahead of time. It was done before we chose Christ. It was done before we loved Christ. Christ died for those who didn't love him. That is true love. Romans 8.21 says this, So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God to result in eternal life through Christ Jesus. Back to the scripture, Paul says, How much more? How much more? And God says, grace upon grace. So it is not what we do. It is what Christ has done for us. Now some might say, so does this mean I can just go on sinning? If I believe in Christ and I've repented from my sins, and my sins don't really matter, does that mean I can go ahead and continue sinning? And Paul even speaks to this and he says, absolutely not. Because the power of the one who raised Christ from the dead lives inside of each one of us once we become a Christian. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit does works through us. It changes us. It makes us new. Scripture tells us this over and over. We must resist sin. We must resist the temptation that the evil one would have for us. We must focus and face and follow Jesus. With Christ, death and destruction no longer reign, but Christ's 
and grace reign through the righteousness that was given to us by Jesus Christ. The third thing that I want to talk about today is this. His grace is all we need. This grace that He has made abundantly and given as a free gift. Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Paul has this physical affirmity, infirmity that he, he deals with in life. And many believe it may be in a vision problem, but it, it doesn't really matter. He says this, he says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelation from God, so to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. He says that three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in my insults, hardship, persecution, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. And that's what we must remember. God has given us grace upon grace. He has, he, has, he has given us the helper, the Bible calls, the Holy Spirit, to come and to help us in our walk as a Christian. There's power in the Holy Spirit. There's power to fight back against evil. And God has planned all of this. He has planned everything before we were even in the womb. And God tells us that no matter what, His grace is sufficient for each and every one of us. And as Paul's words say, I am weak. When I am weak, then I am strong. And that must be our focus on grace. Our focus is that we cannot understand the love that God has for us. We cannot understand the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ coming to this earth and paying the penalty for us when we didn't even care. That we don't even care until we become in relationship with Christ. How great is that love? Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. As I prayed before, Lord, we just pray that we have more of a glimpse every day in our walk with you. That we could understand and just get a better glimpse of grace and the love that you have for each one of us. Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for your provision. We thank you that even when we are weak, you are strong. Lord, I pray for each one of us that's out there today that's listening to this message. I pray that we could embrace that, that we could understand that it is not about our power. It is not about our works. It is not about our deeds. It is about what you did for us and that we humbly come and follow you as a servant of Christ to do the good works that you have set before us. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We pray that you would just continue, as always, to give us that strength to follow you, to run the race. We thank you so much, and we pray all of these things in Jesus' name.
As we've gone through this message, there may be many of you that might say, I don't know Jesus. What is this eternal life? What is this grace? What is this love? I want to have an understanding of what this love and what this grace is that you speak about. And I'm here to tell you today that you can have that. You can understand that. You see, not only do we talk about God's grace and what God did for us by sending his son, that free gift is there for everyone who wants to repent and believe that we repent of our sins that we turn away from our sins, that we, we turn away, we about face from the sins that we have, that if we believe that Jesus is who he says he was, that he came to this earth, that he lived a sinless life, that he died for our sins, and that he rose from the dead, defeating sin and death, if you believe that, and if you're willing to turn from your sins, the Bible tells us that you can be saved. Now, there is no special or specific prayer that someone can pray. It is a change of heart. It is a reaching out to God. It is acknowledging that Christ is who he says he was. And putting your faith and trust in him and following him all the days of your life. To ultimately become a Jesus follower. And if that's you today, if you say yes I have never, I have never committed my life to Christ. And yes, I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to take you through a prayer. But it's really what is going on in your heart. So as you search your heart right now, you can pray this prayer after me. So that you too can have eternal life in Christ Jesus. If that's you today, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He was sent to this earth. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified, died, and rose from the dead as payment for my sins, as a perfect sacrifice for my sins. I accept that and I believe. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for allowing me to spend eternity in heaven with you as I will follow Christ all the days of my life. If that's you today and you prayed that prayer, we would love to talk to you. We'd love to speak to you. Please reply in the comment. Please message us so that we can pray for you, so that we can strengthen and encourage you. If you prayed that prayer today, get plugged into a local Bible-believing church. Get a Bible. Read it daily. Pray to God. He will strengthen you in your relationship. He will reveal Himself to you through His Word and through prayer. As always, we thank you so much for joining us. Please like, share, subscribe, whatever your choice of social media, so that this message can reach more people for Christ. Thank you. God bless.